Kingswell Park Cancer Institute is dedicated to providing cancer patients, survivors, and family members inspirational stories, wellness tips, and the latest cancer news. Here's another episode in our podcast series, Cancer Talk, with Bill Klaproth. Some patients are understandably nervous about the change to their lifestyle after ostomy surgery. So what to expect? Here to talk about living with an ostomy is Melissa Hiscock, a registered nurse at Roswell Park Cancer Institute. Melissa, thanks for your time. So having an ostomy creates a considerable lifestyle change. So what are patients' biggest concern after ostomy surgery? Uh, I think from my experience, uh, in dealing with um, our ostomy patients after surgery and through our support group that we have here. Um, one of the biggest struggles is getting back to their new normal, whatever their new normal is going to be, and, you know, getting out and back in public and doing the things that they used to do. Um, it's it's a big leap, and it takes uh, baby steps for them to get, you know, used to. Um, you know, they have different things to worry about and a different focus. So getting over all those getting over all those fears of possible leakage and possible uh, the possibility of somebody noticing their pouch underneath their clothing, things like that. Um, once they're over that and they realize, you know, I can do this and life does go on, uh, they lead a very full life and get back to their normal activities that they did before surgery and generally very quickly um, if they're provided the right support. Uh, through, you know, healthcare providers and their family, they can get back uh, to their normal activities as soon as they're cleared from their general surgery precautions post-op. Okay, so getting back to new normal, as you said, how long does that generally take somebody? Is that a, you know, a few weeks before or months before they really feel comfortable? Here at Roswell, we see our patients before surgery and prep them and educate them on the things to expect so they're more prepared, you know, when they walk in the door on the day of surgery. And then they're even, they're ready, I want to say rock and roll after surgery, and they want to learn how to take care of themselves and be independent as soon as possible. Uh, A timeline, it all, every patient is different. Um, I had a gentleman, he was 80 years old, and he was back and jogging very quickly. He was doing his normal run two weeks after surgery uh, with his pouch. Um, Other folks take a little bit longer, and it could be that they're running into different complications, or it could be more of a coping problem, which we then provide more support for. But mostly our patients are very successful, and very quickly in a month to six weeks, they're, they're ready to get back to their normal activities. So it does depend on the individual, but that's uh, yeah. good news to hear that. So let's talk about some other questions. What about dietary changes? Uh, depending on the type of surgery, um, anytime really that um, a patient has surgery that involves the, the bowel or the GI system, they're going to have some dietary changes. Initially, they're going to want to uh, be careful when they eat a lot of roughage, um, things that we don't digest well normally like salads, um, corn, popcorn, peanuts, raw vegetables. We're going to, we instruct the patients to keep those to a minimum. And if you're going to have a salad, have a small salad um, and make sure you chew it very well. And you want to drink your fluids after you eat um, so you're not filling up on water, say. So a big thing is chew, chew, chew. Um, And after they're 
uh, after the post-op period, the six-week post-op healing time, um, they can get back to their normal diet and reintroduce things gradually. Okay, so chew, chew, chew at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, good advice. So you were mentioning before there is no leakage, and that is a big concern. So that means then no odor, because I imagine odor is another concern. Our goal always is that the patient has no leakage problems. But in the lifetime of a patient with an ostomy, they're pretty much going to run into a problem at some point. If there are no leakage, there are no problems, there should be no odor. Everything, the pouches are odor-proof and waterproof. The only time there should be odor is when someone is in in the bathroom, you know, providing care for themselves. And that's normal. You know, um, everybody else (laughs) stinks in the bathroom. That should generally be the only place that uh, there should be an odor issue. Other than that, if there is an odor at other times, there's a problem that we need to solve, and that's when uh, we ask that that person reach out to an ostomy nurse or their doctor for help. Right, and you mentioned that these are waterproof, so what about going in the water and wearing a bathing suit? That's okay then. Yes, swimming, going in the hot tub, taking a bath, taking a shower, um, those are all fine because the equipment is waterproof. And yes, common sense tells us anytime we submerge ourselves in water, an adhesive isn't going to hold up. We remind our ostomy patients of that fact and to just, you know, go ahead and go swimming, do those things, but just make sure that you keep a close eye and you might want to change your um, your pouch and wafer sooner. And you mentioned... Uh in an example about a gentleman who uh, resumed his running regimen. So you can pretty much go back to all of your normal fitness activities after this surgery. Yes, definitely. Uh, We have a gentleman that plays hockey. Um, He he does wear protective gear, but he he plays ice hockey. Um, Another gentleman that uh, I think he does taekwondo, but again, um, protective gear and go ahead and, you know, do, do what you want to do. And this holds true then for sexual relations. Yes. you. Um, the patient will have to be cleared by their surgeon, you know, when they can become intimate again. Um, and sometimes um, surgeries do have an effect on intimacy. Um, and it's important that the care provider does discuss those, those complications um, and expectations after surgery. Um, but yes, intimacy is important for all of us and we encourage our patients to talk about it and, um, seek help if they, if they need it. Right. Well, this is all very good news. And you mentioned before about someone uh, in the washroom. How often do you need to empty and clean your pouch? Uh, so there are three different types of prime primary ostomies, I guess I could say. Um, There is a urostomy, which collects urine. That's when the bladder is removed. That will need to be emptied more frequently than the other types of ostomies. Um, So, and that depends on a patient's medications and how much they drink. They will usually have to empty their pouch uh, every two to three hours. Um, At nighttime, they connect to a larger bag so they don't have to wake up during the night. They can sleep through the night. Um, for the other two that collect stool, um, an ileostomy is part of the small intestine, so this will have more liquid output, and um, the patient with an ileostomy will have to empty their pouch roughly about an hour after they eat, and then um, it could be a couple other times throughout the day, so it could be up to six times a day. 
Um, and then a person with a colostomy, which is part of the large intestine, this has more solid output, they empty less frequently, maybe once or twice a day. Um, and generally for changing the equipment, taking everything off of the skin, cleaning the skin and putting new equipment on, that is usually done twice a week. Okay, and for friends and family that have questions about the things that we're talking about today, what's the best way to answer those? Um, it's up to that person. You know, they don't have to tell anybody what's underneath their clothing if they want to keep that, you know, to themselves. Um, but if they they have to explain that, yes, I, I wear a pouch, um, I had to have surgery, and... Um, they could put it that instead of, you know, using the bathroom a normal way, um, I have to evacuate into a pouch or have a bowel movement or urinate into a pouch. Um, but again, they don't have to, they don't have to tell anybody, you know, mm -hmm. they can keep that to themselves. It's up to that particular person. Right. And you talked about an ostomy support group. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, here in Roswell, uh, we have a support group. We meet once a month. We're a very successful group. Um, they are a wonderful, a wonderful inspiration to, you know, us, uh, the ASTME nurses here at Roswell. Um, and they share a lot of tips and tricks. They do share some troubling times. They share um, stories about, you know, when they have to come back. It's not just all about, you know, their ostomy. It's also about their cancer diagnosis and their journey and the things that they things that cause them anxiety or the triumphs they've had. Um, it's a great, a great group, um, a great support group. And uh, we do offer it to community members as well. Um, if they are not a patient at Roswell, uh, they are welcome to attend our group. And there are other support groups in the area. Um, patients can uh, Google them and they'll, you know, find different support groups. Um, but I think ours is the best, though. <laughs> I might be a bit biased. <laughs> well, that's so wonderful that you offer that, and thanks for explaining that to us. And, Melissa, thank you for your time today and talking to us about living with an ostomy. And for more information, visit roswellpark.org. That's roswellpark.org. You're listening to Roswell Cancer Talk. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.